Now today, I want us to talk about the faith of Simeon, an older man who having held firm to a promise from God. Now it's very important that you pay attention to what I'm saying to you. He held firmly to a promise of God. He himself did not have a Bible. He didn't have a scripture book. He heard God talk to him as he held on to the promise of God. He saw the newborn Jesus when he was only eight days old, with God answering that prayer for him. Luke 2. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required. Simeon was there. He took the child in his arm and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you promised. I've seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him, and as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow, to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. If you and I had been there at that particular time in Jerusalem that morning, we may have said, Mr. Simeon, because he was in his 80s, right at 80. Mr. Simeon, we might have just said to him, what are you doing today? What are you about today? And he would answer, I'm going to wait. And, but they might respond and say, but isn't that what you did yesterday? And the day before? Haven't we seen you doing that? And he says, yes, that's what I do every day. I wait. I wait for the promise. What are you waiting for, Mr. Simeon? What are you expecting? I'm waiting for the salvation of Israel. Simeon would have replied, I'm waiting for the Messiah to come. But Mr. Simeon, will you recognize it? Will you recognize when it happens? Oh, yes, Simeon said. I'll know it when I see him. And so Luke recounts that when Joseph and Mary walked in with the child Jesus, Simeon led by the Holy Spirit. Now remember, 
At this time, the Holy Spirit was not inside of people. Simeon, led by the Holy Spirit, took the baby in his arms as he saw it, and he blessed God. The years of waiting obviously had not been in vain. I can tell you what God says to you is well worth waiting for. Simeon had held on to a promise from the Lord that he would not die before the salvation of Israel was manifest. He would not die before Israel Messiah came. There are not many places in the Bible where a person actually asked God permission <laughs> to die. But after he saw the child, that's essentially what Simeon said. Now I can die, Lord. I can die. For you fulfilled your promise to me. This dramatic scene, church, there's a lot we need to pay attention to. At this occasion, when it opens up, Mary and Joseph are fulfilling the requirements of the Torah. You have to remember, everybody's Jewish here. They made certain that Jesus would be circumcised on the eighth day and that the Levitical purification rites prescribed in, to every Jewish woman after childbirth would be carefully, scrupulous, meticulously observed. They stayed with the law. In short, their obedience, in all honesty, to the Word of God as they knew it was flawless. Can you and I say that? No, we can't say that. We haven't been obedient to this Word. You and I know that. Thank God for His grace and mercy. But they were obedient all the way. So the key issue that you and I should see in the middle of this is the revelation of how Jesus identifies with those that he actually came to save. He went all the way. He didn't take any kind of shortcuts anywhere. He fulfilled every, every part of the law. So from the very moment that Jesus became the Son of Man, Jesus lived to fulfill the law so that his righteousness would replace our failure to keep it. See, had Jesus not come, we would still be living under the law. Since no one is able to live as they should, Jesus remained forever the only way to salvation for all people. There's not another way. Years later, the Apostle Paul would explain it to the early church when he wrote in Romans 8. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us. Are you getting this? And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for my sins and your sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Hallelujah. And then he's at the Galatian church in Galatians 4. But when the right time came, when the right time, say that with me, when the right time came, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. 
so that he could adopt us as his very own children. <laughs> Thank you, Lord God. And then in Hebrews, we find it also in Hebrews. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also, he had to become flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Now, church, the essence of these three references highlights the reality of sinfulness, to be honest. Jesus was sinless, and so we ask ourselves, so why did he have to obey, obey the precepts of the Torah? Surely it was unnecessary since he lived a perfect life, as the scripture testifies, but he, Hebrews 4.15 tells us something. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. For your sake, for my sake, church, Jesus voluntarily <laughs> placed himself under the law, taking upon himself the requirements imposed on us in order to secure my redemption and your redemption. It had to be paid for. So you and I should be shouting, thank you, Lord Jesus, glory to his name. Now, that being said, we then understand why Simeon burst into a glorious song as he held the babe of Jerusalem in his arms. Simeon sang about salvation. He sang about redemption. And he sang about the faithfulness of God. I want you to notice that through Simeon, that though Simeon was looking for the salvation of Israel, the Holy Spirit expanded his understanding. Luke 2, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and is the glory of your people Israel. Now, Simeon was a very devout Jew, and he would have had a very nationalistic type attitude about things. He knew that the children, children of Israel were chosen by God for a unique purpose. He knew that. And he was waiting for the salvation of Israel to come. Clearly, though, obviously, as, as the scripture tells us, Simeon knew the voice of the Spirit. For it was under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that Simeon declared not a nationalistic prophecy limited to the children of Israel, but a universal message from God to the world. And it's as if God said through Simeon, yes, I prepared salvation for my chosen people, but not just for them. For my love will extend salvation to all the nations of the world. Simeon outlined it simply and beautifully. He said, salvation is available for all people in all places around the world. He said that Jesus is the answer to every question, the Savior to the lost, the healer to the sick, the redeemer to the bound, and the sanctifier to the repentant. Now, we don't need to wonder what people were thinking at the time that Jesus came into the world. History tells us what they were thinking. The Jews of that day, they were searching, hoping, longing to see the promised redemption. 
and they had been looking for him for 400 years. You know, you can look so long, you can't see anything. And it kind of just becomes a habitual thing that you do and say. You just say it because you're supposed to say it, just in case. There were those like Simeon, who was a remnant, who were hungering for a revival of the presence of God in their midst. For 400 years, get it, church, there had not been a single message from heaven. That is astounding. And Simeon was still looking. Despite the absence of a lively congregation, he didn't have a congregation like this one, despite the silence from heaven and the backslidden condition of the nation, Simeon remained consistent in faith, steadfast in hope, and listen carefully, he refused to give up. The expectation, Simeon's expectation, dictated how that man lived his life. Is there any kind of way we can put that in today's where we are? What are you expecting? Has it dictated your life? Has it cut the road out for your life? Has it determined how you live your life if nobody else around you lives that way? It had done that for Simeon. The Spirit of God had given him a promise and Simeon was committed to waiting for the fulfillment of that promise no matter how long it took and no matter how old that man was. In other words, he refused to give up. A promise from God was non-negotiable. His faith was not moved by time or circumstances. He stood unshakable, nourished by the knowledge that the God who promised is the God who delivers on the promise. If God has given you a promise, don't let go of it. God's not a man that he should lie. He may not do it on your timetable, but if he gave you a promise, you have it. And only those who hold it and pull it to their bosom, those are the only ones who see it happen. You know, as good as I do, church, most of us just, we don't take it, God at his word. Maybe Simeon took great encouragement from Psalms like Psalm 5. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Psalms 27. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Psalm 62. I wait quietly before God for my victory. You better believe it. It comes from him. While we do not know exactly how much time passed between when God gave Simeon the promise and its fulfillment, I can assure you it was a good bit of time. It was a substantial number of years because the scripture says that and indicates that Simeon was an elderly man. Do you think Simeon was ever wanted to give up? Well, I would think so. But he didn't. 
Many years later, the writer to the Hebrews would have declared in Hebrews 11, faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Church, Simeon may not be named in the heroes of faith of heroes of, of Hebrews 11. May not be listed in it. I personally believe, though, in the heavenly realm. You've got to remember everybody who's in listed was in the Old Testament. And even Simeon was an Old Testament man who found the New Testament beginning. I believe that he would be included in that group which says at the end of Hebrews 11 that the world was not worthy of them. For those that people make fun of and those who hold on to the truth, that's really what Hebrews 11 is. Believing God to do what God said. They're mocked. They're made fun of. You know that as good as I do. A lot of them were killed through the years. A lot of the martyrs and folks, they held on. The God is not a man that he should lie. If God said it, God will do it. Simeon didn't have the book. So his rock-solid faith in the promise of God, what God had given him, stands as a powerful exhortation to us these 2,000-plus years later. If the Lord has given you a promise, I encourage you to stand firm like Simeon and refuse to waver. Amen. Amen. 